Hi, I'm Peggy. And I'm Dave. And this is Amped. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm doing very well, Peggy. And you? <laughs> That's my Halloween laugh. That's good. You like you're, that? you're doing themed laughs. Now. I am. Wow. Well, so this is our Halloween podcast, and we are like totally decked out in the Halloween spirit. Like we are full on skeletons and ghosts and smiling pumpkins galore in my house. And for once, like the spider webs, I can just call them decoration. Nobody knows the difference at this point. Yeah, well, Kara has done the same thing at the McGill house. We have a giant Jack Skellington out front, an inflatable Jack Skellington and a large cat. So we are all decked out for the holiday as well. So all right, do you now do you well so do you go trick or treating, Dave? Your your kids are too old now, right? Most well, my two oldest are too old, but my daughter still goes. She goes for the candy. So she was actually planning her costume uh yesterday over the weekend with friends and i think they are doing a monstrous ink themed group very fun now do you go do you go to halloween parties or do you are you the dad that dresses up in the cool costume to give out the candy no i'm the dad who stays behind while the mom goes with his daughter trick-or-treating to make sure that the daughter doesn't run into the street or do anything galactically stupid um, and I'm the dad who hands out candy to all the kids who come by the house. But you don't do it. You just do it dressed up like Dave McGill. You don't don costumes. I figure I'm scary enough the way I am. All right. All right. I'll go <laughs> no, I do not do costumes. Okay. So uh, we are full on costumes in this family, which probably is not very shocking to hear this for the listeners. Um, I'm really into dressing up. My husband is a saint when it comes to coordinating outfits and costumes for me and kind of gives me carte blanche every single year to just, you know, hand him what he needs to wear and he will put it on and smile or scowl appropriately on cue. Um, you know, I've always, always loved Halloween. Um, and when when you become an amputee, it kind of gives you a little bit of, pardon this pun, please, leg up in the costume game. Okay, sure does. <laughs> we we this is this is one of the areas where I feel like the limb loss limb difference community has a distinct advantage once a year. Oh, totally, totally. It can be so much fun to kind of, you know, play up. Um, you know, our prosthesis, or if you don't use one, all of that um, can really become incorporated into the costume and into your Halloween festive persona in ways that kind of, you know, our four-limbed friends can only dream of doing. So it's kind of fun. Yes. So today we're going to explore two main things. One, we're going to just talk generally about ideas for costumes. And then we're also going to focus on something that um, got publicized a little bit earlier this year. But Peggy, you, you flagged it for me and I had actually missed it the first go round. But that are uh, that is resources for the disability community specific to Halloween, particularly as it relates to costumes for um, kids. So uh, really some some interesting stuff starting to happen out there in the world at large. It's really come a long way. It's really, it's an exciting time. I mean, from, you know, dolls that, that are being more inclusive and representative of, of all people of all abilities to now 
costume makers and some of the main big boxes are starting to carry costumes that specialize for kids with wheelchairs and, and walkers and things like that. So we'll definitely get into that a little bit. Um, some things that you have to think about, Dave, though, before you really start planning your costume is the first thing, you know, is this something that you feel comfortable kind of playing up? Do you have a sense of humor about your limb loss? Are you willing to kind of play up your amputation or your limb difference in kind of a comical tongue in cheek manner? Um, if it's something that is either still very new to you and you're very self-conscious about it or something that you really don't feel like is appropriate to kind of flaunt on this holiday, um, then you know, maybe using a costume that emphasizes it is not going to be the way to go. And that's perfectly fine. Um, everybody has different different views. Everybody's at different places. Not everybody likes costumes to begin with. Um, those who do like costumes sometimes still want to blend in or don't want to make it part of their Halloween persona, whereas other people kind of jump on the chance to celebrate it and bring it out in the forefront and kind of have one of those look at me moments. Um, anywhere that you are on the continuum is fine. That's certainly true. With that being said, this is this is this is if we boil that all down to its essence from my perspective, Peggy, it's really most fun, really fun or funny costumes. If you're going to play into the limb loss, limb difference theme, if you're going to lean into that, you have to be willing at some level to laugh at yourself and have a sense of humor about it. And if you can or don't want to do that, totally cool. Probably not the best holiday for you to be celebrating. So just keep that in mind and, and certainly don't judge other people if they're not in a place where they are prepared to or comfortable doing that yet. Absolutely. Um, so rule number two is that you can go too far. Um, I The shining example in my mind, I don't believe it was an amputee who, who played the role, but a few years ago, somebody actually dressed up as, as a runner from the Boston Marathon and covered themselves with bandages and things. Uh, you do want to, you know, can keep some semblance of common sense and decorum, even in a fun holiday like Halloween, where you kind of let loose a little bit. Yes, you can go too far. It's hard. The only way you really go too far is just by sort of jumping over uh, willingly into the bounds of bad taste and and uh, really indecent behavior. Exactly, exactly. Um, and rule number three is if you're up for it and you're going to an event or even if you just want to wear a costume at home, hey, I'm all for that too. Um, just have fun. Be creative. Uh, consider, you know, when you're planning your costume, if you want your prosthesis to be a focal point, use that as your starting point. Um, there's lots of YouTube videos out there, Dave, on how to create a quick cover to create you know, kind of transform your prosthesis into a pirate peg leg. That's the, that's usually one of the first forays into costuming, so to speak. Um, one of the easiest ones for an amputee is, yeah, I can be the best pirate. So, especially, you know, so that that's a good place to start. Um, so, Dave, have you never, have you ever worn a, like a an amputee specific holiday ho Halloween costume? 
I'm trying to think back, and I don't think I have. Um, I have dressed up with my kids since my accident, but I think it was always just whatever they thought was cool in the moment. And that never happened to actually be about my leg. So I have dressed up, but it was usually stupid stuff like one of the Thunderbirds from Greece or um, one year my son insisted that I go as Chris Daughtry because some people say I look like Chris Daughtry, which just basically required me to wear a leather jacket and jeans and not shave for a few days. So that's pretty much the extent of it, Peggy. I'm not the most um, flamboyant Halloween celebrator. Okay. All right. So I'm just going to throw Sucking out. Sucking all the life out of this podcast. I know. Well, it's okay because <laughs> I, I probably go too far. So, you know, I'll just throw out some things that, that I've done. And maybe people can use that as, as, you know, a starting point for them. Obviously, the pirate is an easy one. And again, there's a ton of YouTube videos out there, Dave, on, on costume ideas and how to create the costume. I know that we're getting into crunch time um, with Halloween. So these are real easy to throw together. Uh, the other one is a zombie. Obviously, especially if you don't use a prosthesis, just add a little bit of fake blood where the limb dangles and go out there and have a great time. Um, I've actually put mouse traps on my leg and went as a mouse that got caught in the trap. That was a fun one. Um, one time, my son and I dressed up like gingerbread men and my husband dressed up like a cookie sheet and we were the gingerbread men that ran off the cookie sheet. So that was a fun one as well. Um, I've seen people go as the lamp from the Christmas story movie. That's good. The leg lamp. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, monsters, good. robots, any of those very easily lend themselves to incorporating and kind of celebrating your prosthesis. So the main thing is, you know, Go online, search different costume ideas, talk to your friends. Shark Attack is another big one. I've seen a lot of people do that one where they just walk around with a surfboard and then, you know, sometimes even have like the jaws on their leg, whatever, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Um, just have fun with it, right? I, I like jurors that, that you could go as the one-legged man who won the ass-kicking contest. Yeah, it's a very complex costume. It just requires you to put a medal around your neck. Yeah, I and like it, though. when people ask you, what are you? Yeah, that's who you are. See, I think that's creative, and that's an easy way to do it. And if you're not into a lot of props and makeup, then, you know, did uh, adopt the Dave McGill costume and go as that. We'd love to see pictures. But the cool thing about all of this, notwithstanding individual differences in you know what people like doing, is that Halloween does provide a forum uh, and a unique way for us to own the differences that we have in a really positive, self-affirming way. You know, the the, the fact that you know people are uh, many people are very comfortable leaning into this and really having fun is a way to to really positively. Uh, reinforce who you think you are and what you stand for. And uh, I think that's something that Halloween does, particularly for our community, that most people probably don't spend a lot of time thinking about, but it's a really good thing. It's it's neat because I know a lot of our listeners and a lot of our friends actually earn a lot of extra income 
during the month of October by working at different theme parks or haunted house events, haunted hayrides, that sort of thing. Um, they're able to, you know, pick up extra hours on the weekend for a quick side gig where, you know, they take their prosthesis off, put on some fake blood, act, you know, a little bit of a horror scene on some of these these seasonal events. And they're able to make a lot of money, um, especially for, you know, right before the holiday season. So there's See, a lot of opportunities. Yeah, when you mentioned that to me, it was something I had never thought about, and I it's really cool, actually. But it had never occurred to me, and I'd never heard of it until you mentioned it as we were planning for this podcast. Okay. I, I've actually been approached in Halloween stores to see if I've wanted to work at, at uh, haunted houses. Um, so I know that they actively recruit within the limb loss community. So obviously, you're not hanging out at Spirit Halloween either. No, sadly, I'm not. That does make me sad. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all right. Um, you know, Halloween is a great opportunity, not only for the limb loss, limb difference community, but for a lot of people with a lot of different mobility and physical impairments and challenges to kind of get out there and celebrate um, what makes them unique as well. I know that Target this year has started selling... Um, wheelchair skins basically that go over both adult and children's wheelchairs to transform them into super, like superhero costumes or there was one that I saw online that turned it into like the Fred Flintstone costume your wheelchair to all kinds of different robots and Cinderella's castle and all kinds of things um, where you know, even just a few years ago, Dave, parents really had to painstakingly either make the costume themselves or really try to, to come up with something that they could put their child in and then put them in the wheelchair. But the wheelchair was never really incorporated as part of the costume unless the parents really made a, a huge effort in order to do that. Those those costumes were not readily available for purchase. Now, I know that on tar Target's website and in major Target stores, they're available for purchase. What I think is really cool about what Target's doing is if you found a costume that you liked that was for a wheelchair or a walker, they didn't charge shipping on it where the other costumes they did. So it was just another way to really help the parents get them out there and to get these costumes in the hands of the kids and the adults who could really use them and to celebrate inclusivity and, you know, just being a kid and being out there. I, I love the message that we're starting to see more and more every year. And I know that yeah. Amazon also has a lot of, of adapted costumes and uh, Party City had a whole line this year as well. So it's definitely, it's a little niche market. And I think in the next few years, we're just going to see it keep growing and growing and growing. And I love that. Yeah. And, and the internet helps with this because if, if you go and just Google adaptive costumes for kids, um, you will find all sorts of do-it-yourself examples um, that are really cool. I saw a crazily well done um, train your dragon, how to train your dragon adapted wheelchair for a young kid and the kids, you know, wearing, you know, Viking armor riding atop this dragon that his dad or and or mom made for him. Just really, really cool stuff. And so you see these costumes and these rigs online. And as you know, because that's much more visible, I can only imagine that we're going to see 
retailers start to say, wait a second, why wouldn't we play in that space ourselves and make this easier? Shouldn't just be the, the person who's um, really skilled at doing this, being able to do it. Everyone should be able to do it. And, and one suggestion we have, Peggy, with respect to these skins and, and related costumes is make sure you test the costume and the, and the skin before using it. And I say this as a kid who sometimes made his own Halloween costumes when I was younger. And it always seemed so cool until the night of, and then you went out and it was like everything fell apart. And it was such a miserable experience. And what you don't want is you don't want your kids to be all excited and you to be all excited and then find out that for some reason, something isn't working the way you thought it would. Um, the, the wheelchair won't roll uh, the way you need it to, or you can't, you can't access what you need to uh, efficiently because of the skin that's been added. So you want to figure out those kinks and work them out before Halloween so that you don't both end up disappointed and upset the day of. Absolutely, especially if you're adapting your mobility aids. If you're putting something on your crutches as part of a prop or on your walker or your prosthesis, you need to make sure that you can still get around safely. Because although it's a fun holiday, you still really need to remain safe. That should be the priority. Yes. And in in a similar vein, and I will not tell the story because I've told it before multiple times on this podcast, but on Halloween, both if you are on the ground walking around or rolling around and or if you're in a car, be really, really careful because it's going to be dark out and there's lots of kids and lots of people wandering the streets and you just want to make sure nothing awful happens. Absolutely. All the time. Um, I have a friend who lost their child a few years ago on Halloween night trick-or-treating and the experience has not been the same for me since because that's something that's always at the forefront of my mind and that's not that's not an experience I want anybody to go through so that's very good reminder for everybody um and one more thing if so Dave when you're at home giving out candy you can still incorporate just a little bit of of amputee humor and fun because old sockets and components make fantastic candy bowls for trick-or-treaters. So just something mm. to think about. It's kind of creepy having them reach into the leg to get, you know, to get their little Kit Kat or whatever. That's not a bad idea. I've got some, I've got some gear. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it fun. It just adds a little bit of, of intrigue to, to the event for the kids. So, you know, think outside the box, have some fun with it. I've got some old stuff. Now maybe now maybe I'll throw something together. I I want to see pictures if you do. That was good, Peggy. Jeez, see, I learn something every time we do one of these. There you go. So in summary, you know, if if you love Halloween and you feel up to it, go for it. Uh, exploit your advantage for this holiday. And I really want to see pictures. I want to see what you did. Um, you can drop them in our mighty network, amplife.com. You can send them to us on Facebook. You can email them to me, Peggy at ampedlife.org. Uh, you can um, tweet them to us. There's lots of ways to get them to us, but please, we want to see what, what you do this Halloween. And I will send out my picture um, Thursday night, Friday morning, so you can see the annual Chenoweth family costume for the year how long have we been working on this uh since about (laughs) mid-july all right 
I can't wait. All right. Have a great Halloween, Dave. Thank you. You too, Peggy. It was good talking to you as always. You too. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.